Welcome to episode four of the Dispatches podcast. I am Marco Baghetto of the Canadian Trucking Alliance. As always, I have with me Lack Schoen, Jeff Wood, Stephen Laskowski, and finally, live in the flesh, we have Jonathan Blackham in the house. <laughs> I'm here. Is this his first one at the table? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Time flies, John. Yeah. How are you, John? I'm good. I'm good. Life's good. So for those of you that didn't hear on episode one, John's beautiful wife is pregnant with twins and John has spent some time working from home. Uh, as we flatten the curve, uh, he has been allowed to leave the cave this week and he came in special for this <laughs> podcast. So uh, Johnny, how's, how's the wife doing anyway? Yeah, she's she's good. Everything's good. Healthy. The twins look good. So, uh, you know, like you said, things seem to be maybe thawing a little bit. I guess we'll see. But uh, happy to, to get out and be out there in the world again. Awesome. Tell her to say hello. So I'm looking around the table and I see three guys uh, who desperately need haircuts. <laughs> you uh, couldn't tell if I got a haircut or not. I don't we're know. all follically challenged. <laughs> well, well, Black and I are. You and guys aren't. Everybody except Jeff, who did a wonderful job grooming himself, I must say. <laughs> He's very meticulous. What's your trick, Jeff? <laughs> I can't disclose. <laughs> Steve told me uh, his lovely wife, Milena, gave him a haircut the other day. I'll take his word for it. <laughs> Is that an edit? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> You know, Johnny, I think we need to change your nickname from Kendall to Shaggy <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, Shaggy and the gang were famous for solving mysteries, and Johnny has been busy trying to solve the mystery of where all the freight has gone and when it's coming back. He just completed an update to the business condition survey we did a couple weeks back and concluded that things were pretty tough for carriers. Revenue has dropped precipitously, and empty miles are skyrocketing. What can you say about the new survey and what the temperature of the freight market is now? Well, Marco, and you're, uh, you know, as you mentioned, we released our first business conditions report that was now in, in early April. Obviously, it's been a, a little over a month since we did that. So we've continued to collect data on some of the key metrics in, in our industry. And uh, we, we haven't released anything officially on this yet, but uh, we've started to look at the data, like I said. And you know, most things have either remained the same or in some cases gotten worse. Uh, I don't know if that will be much of a surprise for anybody listening. Uh, but when we look at key things like revenue decreases in the first round, we were looking at on average a 27% decrease in revenue for carriers. That's slid in even worse. And now we're looking at 33 to 34% on average decrease in revenue for carriers. And remember, this is an average. So when we say 33, 34%, there's some carriers that are much, much higher wow. than that. Um, you know, other areas that are a big deal, like looking at uh, the proportion of customers either asking for payment deferrals or not paying at all, that's remained relatively the same at 63%, which of course is a, is a big number. And empty miles are coming in, uh, you know, 200 to 300% increases still. So, you know, like I said, it's it's uh, it's stayed the same, or or perhaps even gotten worse as time's gone. Right, and based on you know some of your conversations with carriers, we think we found the bottom. I don't know. I I mean, everybody has a different take on on you know where this is going. If if I had a crystal ball, you know, I would uh, I'd have the winning lottery ticket in in my pocket, but. You know, just from my conversations, at least with with other sectors as well, they the feeling seems to be this is a multi-year thing. Not to say we'll be in the kind of lows we are now for for years, but 
um, you know, at least in my circles that, that, you know, the folks I talk to, this, I mean, they feel this is going to be with us for, for some time. Right. So one of the main questions I get from media and, you know, through no fault of their own because they don't know all the intricacies of the industry, but one of the main things they always ask is, well, you know, why can't you just switch to another sector that is doing well? Um, obviously, it doesn't doesn't work that way. And we have a lot of listeners that um, are not in the industry, such as government types and, uh, and, and other stakeholders. Um, why is it not so easy? I mean, obviously, it's a rhetorical question, but, you know, obviously, if you're a tank carrier and you're hauling mainly gasoline and the market's completely dropped out, it's not like you can go haul tissue paper tomorrow morning, right? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And I mean, we, we've talked about this before, too, and it's something that comes out in our business conditions report. But, you know, there, there seems to be a general feeling out there that the trucking industry is busy. And... And that's just not the case for a lot of a lot of folks. And to your point, I think it depends on on what your specialization is, uh, who your customers are. You know, in the in the business conditions report, we had uh, I think it was nearly 80% of respondents said they have major customers. So a major portion of their customer base is either closed or has drastically scaled back uh, orders from them. So. You know, again, even for those who you think might be busy or or slightly better off, it's just degrees of bad. There's nobody winning, winning right now. And on the empty miles issue, what is happening there? Are carriers continuing just to bite the bullet and take the operational losses, or are they, from what you're understanding, actually turning down uh, head hauls because there's no backhaul? Uh, it's hard. We we didn't capture that in the in the business report. I mean, my gut feeling is carriers probably are, take it where they can get it. They're, they're taking yeah. it where they can get it. I mean, you 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 want to keep the wheels going. You want to keep operations moving. I you know I think for a lot, that's a strategic decision they're making. But no doubt, we we can see from empty miles. I mean, the numbers are huge. 300 percent increases. I mean, at this point, the profit margin is is gone. For, for most of these folks. So. so across the country, provinces have announced over the last week or so various plans to restart their economies in various phases. Uh, every province is different. Lack is going to tell us more about that in a bit. But right now, Jeff, how has it affected trucking in planning to restart requirements for such things as renewing you know, license plates, driver's license, medicals, things like that? Obviously, um, there are a significant number of, we'll call them credentialing requirements, whether it's for drivers or carriers or vehicles. Uh, and a lot of those had, you know, they're, they're renewed on a, an annual basis or semi-annual basis. So when COVID, uh, the onset of COVID, a lot of things had to happen. Uh, and obviously, working in cooperation with government, a number of what we'll call them deferrals were put, were put in place. For instance, if you had a driver's license expiring after March, it's been deferred. Uh, the renewal dates have basically been extended. The same for fuel tax or options to pay fuel tax, the same for license plates. So all of that is still in place. And I think it's important for everybody to know that the, the governments were extremely cooperative, you know, realizing the situation that was presenting the industry, both from a, you know, from an operation standpoint, but also the need to, to maintain physical distancing and make sure that people weren't, you know, flocking to, to licensing offices and, and, you know, doing things that, that were cause potential health issues. So, of course. so that's that's where we're at. You know, through the Canadian Council of Motor Transport Administrators, um, we've we've talked about this before. They they put together a matrix. I mean, you, you think you've got, 
you've got all the jurisdictions in Canada who are you know separate governments uh, all tasked with with managing this so there, there's a matrix and that's been put together that helps everybody keep track of what's going on that's uh, been ongoing for for probably about a month and a half mm-hmm. it's updated daily uh, at, uh, at 4 p.m. Eastern it's significant or tremendous resource and we're, we're very happy for that so so that's sort of where we started uh, the current situation and important to note is all those deferrals are, deferrals are still in place um, you will see uh, a number of them have you know pushed things out some have pushed things out to August others are saying June so there's there's sort of a, a myriad of, of the the end the sunsetting of those dates. Uh, one of the one of the challenges we're facing us, and obviously working in cooperation with government going forward, is how do we have a coordinated approach to that restart? Um, so making sure that uh, you know to the extent possible, and understanding the constraints that are that are on you know certain government. Some of these some of these dates are in legislation, some are in regulation, some are are. Um, you know, at, at you know, the governments are able to to list them as as they so choose. Some some governments, for instance, Ontario and Quebec, have postponed things until further notice, so they give themselves some flexibility. But everybody has sort of their own set of circumstances. The the, the challenge for us and and working in cooperation with government is is when we when we get to that restart, and as as Lack will talk about um, later about you know the economies restarting, um, we need to be cognizant of the logistics of that, not only for the industry. Uh, but also for the logistics internal to government and their, their ability to, to manage uh, capacity. The, the one thing that is, is certainly not lost on us, and, and you've heard, you heard Jonathan speak about this today and, and, and in past episodes, is the fact that carriers from a financial position are not in the same position they were uh, at the start of this. So, so that, that is uh, top of mind for us in terms of, of how the restart goes. And, and our, our planning and our internal discussions and you know, in future, you know, work with governments, we'll we'll look at you know the restart um, with respect to you know where where are the financial situations that we need to look at. Whether you know, for instance, drivers license, drivers licenses maybe not a, a huge financial impact, but logistically it's a challenge for both right. government and industry. Plating license plates that have been deferred that is certainly uh, you know certainly a, a financial issue that that we need to take into account and, and work with with both governments and industry for what what we're terming uh, a soft landing uh, on the restart. Here's the good news. Like they have their ears on. Everything is pretty much on the table for, in terms of uh, accommodating us any way they, they can. A hundred percent. The 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 cooperation and, and their willing willingness to listen. I mean, it's it's sometimes it's daily. Is it uh, unprecedented? Yeah, I, I would for sure it is. For sure it is. And whether whether it's it's the federal government, the provincial governments, everybody's listening. Everybody's working in cooperation. Um, we've had, you know, uh, to your to your point, we've we've been in touch with several departments federally, and, and obviously at the, at the provincial level, working working those those same channels. So it's it's been uh, it's been very welcoming. The the support has been overwhelming, uh, and and I think you know from from our perspective and, and what we've seen, everybody in government gets the challenges that that are facing us, and they understand that. You know, it's it was it was a challenge to let's call it dismantle everything with re- with respect to the credentialing. It will be an even bigger challenge to put things together. Uh, I don't think that's lost on anybody, but certainly certainly the logistical side of it is 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 on the forefront. But also the the financial impact and, and the potential for uh, flexibility and cooperation going forward is certainly is certainly been uh, been presented to us. 
Lack, can you take us around the country and, and tell us what uh, provincial plans look like r- rolling forward? Sure. So, obviously, the vast majority of the provinces have begun reopening uh, their economies, or at the very least, announced plans for reopening their economies. So, we're creating a sort of a document that it's an amalgamation of all the different uh, reopenings and announcements that we've had so far from across the country. And really this document is just an amalgamation of, of what's happening uh, across across the country and, and, and more so about jurisdictional scan in terms of when certain sectors of economy and the businesses are going to start to to reopen. So as a sign for, for the trucking industry, this is uh, obviously very positive that these steps are, are being put in place and uh, timelines are, are being implemented in uh, some of the plans that have that have been uh, discussed by provincial governments. But uh, uh, again, we're going to try to keep this document as a, a living document and update it as new announcements are being made on a, on a daily and, and weekly basis and moving forward. It seems as if Ontario and Quebec are in different approaches. What can you uh, tell us about that? Yeah, so Ontario has been uh, pretty gradual in terms of how they want to uh, reopen the economy here. They have three different phases. Uh, we're currently not even in uh, phase uh, one of the of their implementation plan yet. So it's been uh, very gradual. They haven't uh, given any timelines in terms of when certain uh, sections of the economy are going to reopen. I think we had an announcement this week saying the hardware stores and and, and garden centers and some other uh, sections of the retail sector are going to start reopening uh, very shortly. But it's been, uh, again, more of a a gradual approach. And uh, Premier Ford has been very open in saying they want to do everything they can to to open up the the economy as quickly as possible. But at the same time, uh, we need to take into account the the impact of, uh, of uh, obviously the virus and having 14.5 million people uh, in the province of Ontario and any little misstep can, can definitely lead to, to a reversal in terms of uh, all the, the progress we've, we've made so far. But I guess in, in, in a sort of a contrasting uh, fashion, Quebec has, uh, has announced uh, their own implementation plan and has put uh, a few dates uh, to this plan as well. And they're uh, a bit more aggressive in terms of how they they want to open up uh, their their economy. I believe uh, their chief medical officer said they're taking you know a calculated risk or, or a gamble in doing so. They want to start opening up their the manufacturing sector. I believe at the at the end of May. So uh, I think in recent days they've started to sort of walk back uh, some of those uh, discussions in terms of aggressively opening their their economy. But again, two different approaches and, and two of the, the largest provinces uh, uh, in Canada and, and obviously uh, uh, two of the economic uh, powerhouses across uh, Canada as well. Out West, Alberta specifically, is their economy is energy driven. Um, what can you tell us about the restart? Yeah, so Alberta has been hit, uh, obviously, from an economical standpoint with the uh, the impact on, on the oil sector, which is basically non-existent at this point. And uh, they've had, uh, I believe, the, the third highest cases of, of coronavirus and COVID-19 of any uh, provinces across the country. So they've taken a really big uh, sort of uh, double whammy in terms of uh, both uh, from a health perspective uh, and an economic perspective. And they're, again, taking a phase-in gradual approach. Uh, they're trying to open up uh, uh, things such as the retail sector and restaurants uh, going into uh, the middle of the middle of May. And obviously, with the, the current economic conditions, 
that they're going through, uh, they're going to want to try to really open up the uh, the economy as quickly as they possibly can to uh, to get people back to work and get sectors like the, the trucking sector uh, really moving again to their full capabilities. How about out, out east? So out east, it's uh, a little bit different because obviously the, the population is, is a lot smaller than uh, in, in most uh, other provinces across Canada. Uh, but uh, places such as PEI, which have seen you know, very uh, small levels of, of infection, are, are starting to, to gradually reopen and have put in some more uh, sort of aggressive timelines for reopening uh, the economy and, and having things like uh, uh, small gatherings and other uh, measures implemented over the course of the next couple of months. Uh, whereas uh, New Brunswick, which has a, a little bit more of a, a bigger population, is, uh, is taking, again, a little bit more of a a gradual approach to, to how they're uh, going to be opening up uh, their economy moving forward. And, and all this is uh, based on the qualifier of uh, it really depends on uh, the spread of the virus. So, Steve, I know you're not an economist, but uh, based on your conversations with carriers, and I know your phone rings off the hook and you're talking to people every single day, um, what does this restart, how is it going to affect the so-called freight cliff that we are uh, looking over. I imagine this is not a tree that's going to bear fruit right away. So I think uh, part of our overall message, Marco, is as an industry to, uh, to the federal government, and Jonathan picked up on it in, in his conversation, is that uh, we're hurting. And, uh, and, I, and I think everyone is cognizant in government that most likely this rebound isn't going to be quick. So when it comes to relief measures, uh, you know, we heard this week of the farming community uh, receiving specific uh, relief measures. Uh, a couple weeks prior, the oil patch received some small aid with regard to, to methane. When it comes to uh, the freight cliff getting deeper, you know, it's a reflection of what's happening in the economy. Jobless numbers or unemployment figures were released in the United States this morning, and they're staggering. They're historic, uh, one-month cliff. And, uh, you know, our economy, more specifically in Canada, you know, it's natural resource base, uh, but for a lot of provinces, it's driven by trade with the United States. And so uh, the old saying goes, the United States catches a cold, we catch pneumonia. So, uh, you know, you want to be more positive and you don't want to talk yourself into a deeper hole. But the reality is uh, we've got some challenges. Hence, you know, our reason why uh, we at CTA are put together, I think, a couple very reasonable asks to help our drivers and, and help our companies uh, that cost the uh, Canadian uh, treasury not a heck of a lot of money compared to other industries right. and in fact for, for the carriers it costs no money because in essence it's a loan uh, so I think building off of that scenario that's exactly what I think Ottawa needs to keep in mind that uh, the trucking industry moves the economy and we're hurting and some of our specific relief measures will help we're hopeful that uh, those measures continue to be talked at the, at the cabinet level Give us a peek behind the curtain. Do you, do you agree level of trust that we have built with governments in all parties across the country is unprecedented? The trickle effect will sort of reap benefits down the road? You know, I think uh, <clears throat> as, as an industry and as an alliance, 
we've always had good relationships with Ottawa and the respective provinces with with their with their various uh, ministers at, at the provincial level. Uh, I think what's happened since COVID nineteen is an acceleration of that relationship, uh, a building upon that trust, uh, and a reliance upon each other for information to get through this. Uh, and I think uh, from day one, not I think I know what we what we've seen is uh, an element of a collaborative approach that we have not seen before in the sense of not that we didn't have collaboration before COVID-19, an acceleration of, of that collaboration, of, of quick decisions having to be made very quickly, very quickly. Uh, but without that level of trust and collaboration, uh, we wouldn't have be at this point. Uh, you know, a lot of administrative issues at the provincial and federal level that impact our membership have been dealt with and quite frankly with very few hiccups uh, in, a, in, in pretty much a, a storm. Uh, and uh, I think that's a reflection upon uh, the, various, the staff around this table, the staff at the various provincial associations, the board members, and it takes two to tango. Uh, there's a lot more than two in there, I can't count. <laughs> but uh, the issue here is we've had solid, solid support uh, at, in Ottawa and at the provincial level of making all these things happen. So uh, I think what we want to do is continue to build on, on that relationship. And coming out of COVID-19, you know, uh, you know, one wonders in, in the world of public policy, if you have time, whether you're in business or in developing public policy, time is a good thing. It allows you to reflect on issues, think through it a little bit more, uh, and perhaps take out some of the, the little problems or issues when, you don't, when you're short of time. Uh, however, what this has shown is that we can make these quick decisions uh, from an industry and government, government level fairly quickly. Absolutely. So... Perhaps there's some lessons for everyone involved in, in that element as well. Yeah, I think there's a lesson in that, you know, amazing things happen when you shelf politics for a little bit and essentially you have the goal of get it fixed. Yeah, it, you know, a lot of, lot of different partners in the supply chain are working together that normally perhaps would work together but would perhaps overanalyze the situation right. and perhaps turn molehills into mountains. And, and that's not happening right now. What do you want to do next? Want to give each other haircuts or? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff gives good haircuts. He's giving himself his own haircut. He's looking good. Jeff's Very not going to comment. Not, enough, not <laughs> enough money in the world for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, to the mystery movie. Alone.